back to the series uh, chanting as the prayer of the heart. Like always, I will uh, start by reciting a few prayers as a blessing for our meeting today. Om Makiana Timirandasya, Kiananjana Salakaya, Saksurun Militam Yena, Tasmai Sri Kuravena Maha, Vantsakalpatarubyasa, Kripas in Rubia Evatsa, Paditanam Bana Vepio, Vaisna Vepio Namo Namaha. Vande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Kododaye Pushpavanto Chitrausando Tamonundo Vande Ham Sri Ramakrishna Apaya Saranastako Sukado Paramanando Sundaro Subalapriyom Harer Nama Harer Nama Harer Nameva Kevalam Kalau nasti eva nasti eva nasti eva katiran yatam. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So welcome again for those of you who have uh, just joined. My pronouns to you as well. And um, just let me check whether Ananga Manjari has arrived. Um, I guess not yet, but uh, um, but yes, we have here another translator. So I'm sorry, just a little bit. I'm setting up the interpretation so. We can all hear and understand. So let's see. All right, so now we have English and Spanish interpretation going on so you can choose the right room for yourself. All right, so welcome again. And today we will jump and dive into the nectarian ocean of the holy name, like so many of our Gaudiya teachers poetically say and, and write. So we will talk about Mahamantra today. And just a moment. Uh, hmm. There's some problem with the uh, all right, now, now it's everything well with the interpretation. Interpretation. So today we will talk about Mahamantra. But before we get there, I will summarize shortly um, what we spoke last time, and then we will move forward together. 
So uh, in the first kind of introductory lecture, I was talking about the universality of uh, chanting the names of God. And more specifically, we talked about different characteristics uh, that most of the mystical contemplative traditions uh, share. So first, um, it is said that all mysticism is based on two kinds of longing. There's a longing of a soul towards God, but there's also the longing of God towards each one of us. So we are longing for Krishna, and he, but he's also longing for us. And when we are chanting, we can express that kind of longing uh, and trust that goes in both ways. Uh, the second idea that uh, generally all contemplative schools uh, teach is that the simplicity, peace, and harmony that is included in, in prayer and meditation can be reached regardless of uh, time, place, and your circumstances in life. There are no hard and fast rules for chanting the names of God, like our saints and teachers uh, say over and over again. And then the third aspect that uh, the mystical school share was that uh, we ourselves uh, don't really know how to pray. We can try, we can do our best, but then at the end, uh, all that we really can do is to surrender and, and to give our love and our humility. And then little by little, a God will start praying in us. Like for, like for example, for us uh, in, in Gaudiya tradition, the name of Krishna is none different from him. And when we are calling him uh, with sincerity and inviting him to enter our heart, he will come and he will dance at our tongue, in our mind and at the stage of our heart. And finally, the fourth characteristic that we spoke on the first lecture uh, was that, um, um, that one of the thoughts that weaves together the contemplative uh, traditions is the emphasis on prayer or meditation as the continuous state of mind. It is not only an exercise that we do and then continue our real life, but ideally the name is our life and our whole life and how whole being is, uh, is um, centered around, around it. So, so like we see, calling out God's names with humility and sincere wish to find a real connection with the divine and with our ideal is something, something that uh, many traditions share. Uh, it takes slightly different uh, forms within its uh, tradition, but when we take a closer look, there's a lot in common within the mystical side of um, uh, different spiritual movements. So all, all of this, it gives further support uh, for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching that chanting the names of God is something very universal, non-sectarian, and how it really is a widely recommended method of self-realization for this age um, where we are living, living right now. So building on those universal characteristics of prayer and chanting the names of God, 
Today, we will focus on the Maha Mantra, the precious gem that uh, in so many ways is the heart of our Gaudiya tradition and the core of our spiritual practice. I will give uh, a short introduction to the theme. And then at the end of the class, uh, we will have again some time to share uh, some of our personal experiences about chanting. For example, uh, what kind of things have you found in the mantra that increase your, your commitment to your ideal? Or if you would like to share some practical tips that have helped you to concentrate in chanting or improved the quality of your chanting, it would be wonderful to hear them a bit later. So let's approach uh, Maha Mantra, the great mantra, by asking the blessing of Sri Chaitanya, the blessing of his closest associates, and the blessing of our spiritual teachers for our chanting. They are our affectionate guardians who are calling us and who guide us to Krishna's abode, the eternal and ever fresh Goloka Vrindavan. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Kadadhara, Sri Vasari, Gora Pakta Vrinda. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Kadadhara Pandit, Sri Vastakur, and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. So, so this is the Panchatattva mantra that we start our chanting with and return to it repeatedly in between our rounds. Uh, uh, so like we said last time at the, at the like discussion part of the lecture, we talked a little bit um, um, how, how the door to Krishna Lila, uh, the door to Vrindavan goes through Gaura Lila, through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So also in relation to our chanting, uh, we approach the names of Krishna through Sri Chaitanya who came to the world to show us the way how to learn to love and how to learn to love God unconditionally. Uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and uh, Sri Nityananda Prabhu are described as the most compassionate forms of God. Uh, so uh, Sri Chaitanya is teaching us how to chant and how to approach the divine, how to learn to love unconditionally. And Lord Nityananda is calling us and taking us to the paths of bhakti even more concretely. Uh, we celebrated uh, Nityananda Trayodasi, uh, the appearance, appearance uh, I'm sorry about my English, the appearance day uh, of Lord Nityananda some weeks ago. And I was visiting uh, my good friends, Krishangi uh, and Kamalaksha. And Krishangi Prabhu gave a really inspiring talk, or talk about uh, Nityananda's life on that festival day. And she talked about um, how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is calling all the people who want to follow the path of Krishna Bhakti. And then again, uh, she mentioned that Nityananda Prabhu is calling even those who are not interested, those who don't want to follow the path of Bhakti. So, so we can enter our chanting trusting that our chanting is blessed and protected by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his closest associates. 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is supporting that part of us that wants to chant and wants to grow in chanting the names of God. And Nityananda Prabhu is there for us in those days when we might not feel that eager to chant and chanting around feels more like a heavy duty or a boring routine. Something that we are we are perhaps not that willing to do because there are no there are so many more more interesting things things to do. I have days like that sometimes. So so that's I'm I'm like like always I'm preaching mostly for myself in this regard. So anyway, Nityananda is seeing us in those moments with his compassionate eyes and reaching out for us, like, come, let's do this together. Uh, another point about the um, Mantra in relation to our chanting that I would like to um, take, take up at this point uh, is the five different truths uh, that are included in the mantra. Like each person, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Nityananda, Sri Atveda, Kadadhara Pandit, and Sri Vastakur, they all, all are representing one of these eternal truths. Like there's the truth or the core understanding uh, of God, the truth about God's expansions or associates, the truth about incarnations of God, and uh, the truth about the internal and marginal energy of God and the devotees of God. So these sacred knowledge, these theological teachings are protecting our chanting and helping us to dive deeper into the transcendental reality. My Guru Maharaj uh, Bhaktivedanta Swami Tripurari uh, often says that to love Krishna is to know him. And, uh, and we get to know him through revelation, through our sacred texts and through our teachers. So in this way, the sacred knowledge is also guiding our chanting in the form of Pansatattva Mantra. Even in the beginning of our spiritual path, when we perhaps don't understand these theological truths all that well, they are still there, there in the mantra. On our last meeting, at the end of the meeting, um, uh, Srimati Mohini Devi asked a question about the prayer beads that are used in Christianity. And if there's some like connection or similarities um, for our uh, prayer beads, the Japamala. And at that point, I, ha I, I had to admit that I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't really know that kind of like the practical side of Christianity all that, that well. So I promise that I will look it up and um, kind of get back to it uh, this time. So, so I, I, um, I did a little bit research on that. And I found out that um, uh, there are like differences also like inside of the Christianity, like in Eastern Christianity that we mostly spoke about on, on our last talk. Uh, the traditional uh, prayer beads in Orthodox Christianity, they are, they, are, they are kind of simple, simple ones. They are 100, 100 beads, like bound together, and uh, that's pretty much it. So, so, so in, it's, um, it's like, um, uh, it, it reminds a little bit of our, 
or actually quite a bit, <laughs> our Zabamala with, with different number of beads, of course. And then, um, like uh, like Mohini also mentioned last time, in, in Catholic, like Roman Catholic Church, they, they have a bit different prayer beads or rosary. Like, like uh, they have more these like different kinds of beads connected together. Like, like for example, there are 10 regular beads and then one bigger bead in between. And then again, 10 like regular beads and then bigger bead. And uh, so, 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 so in the rosary prayer, they basically are chanting um, for the Saint Mary, 10 prayers. And then there's uh, this bigger bead, which, uh, which is then our father in heaven. And, uh, and also for the big beads in Roman Catholic Church, it was written that there's a specific secret hidden inside of each of these big beads that can be remembered when, when they get at that, that point. So um, I must admit that I'm, I'm a little bit shy about big secrets, <laughs> especially about the big secrets of uh, other people. Uh, if they are not like, um, if I know, if I'm not actively invited in to kind of share them, so I kind of stopped at that point, and I, I didn't uh, search further what kind of secrets there are in their tradition. But um, uh, but but um, in a way, uh, it came to my mind. Mohindi um, um, was asking about this, um, like like similarities in practice and similarities in these prayer beads. So, so it came to my mind that there are, there are like two, at least two similarities uh, that I can think of at this point. So, uh, so, so one, one, one point that we clearly share is, is, the, is approaching the big secrets of our tradition with the blessing of saints, like, uh, like, like we just talk talk how we are we are approaching the maha mantra the big and uh, but still the open secret of our tradition with the with the blessing with the blessing of um, um, uh, god and uh, and saints and uh, and then the other thing that we share is that uh, uh, there's a layer of deep theology hidden inside of the practice like um, like uh, like yeah yeah it's like supporting our, our chanting and carrying it further and uh, with the help help of that um, like knowledge and, and theological aspect of our tradition we will be able to like dive deeper and deeper into the mantra and uh, find find more and more meanings in it in it so so that kind that kind of things uh, things um, I was able to think about. I'm not sure if Mohini, you are online this time, but anyway, my, my greetings to you and thank you uh, for the question that you asked. But now, finally, let's, let's approach the Hare Krishna mantra with the um, blessing of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Srinityananda, their associates and uh, our teachers. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So these are the names that we as followers of uh, Gaudiya tradition call out daily in our spiritual practice. Mantra in general 
is sacred sound uh, that carries the special spiritual powers within. And the word, word mantra comes from two Sanskrit roots, manas meaning mind and tra meaning tool. So mantras in general can be seen as uh, tools of thought that help to focus the mind and guide our thoughts and mind towards our ideal. Ideal. Uh, but for our satakas, uh, the practitioners, uh, these names of God are something more than just tools to focus our mind. So these names are like the sun that our life circles. These names are like uh, a big, beautiful tree that the creeper of faith, the creeper of devotion in us can find support and climb up to the light. So these are the names of our beloved that we are calling with great affection, like we are calling uh, our best friend, our child or our lover. So in Gaudiya tradition, chanting and repeating the mantra is not so much about us and about our mind. Rather, it is about building little by little the deep personal relationship with divine, with Krishna Chaitanya and learning to love them unconditionally. But then also at the same time, um, I think we can talk about chanting the Mahamantra as spiritual practice as well. So we are practicing the art of loving which is not easy at all, but at the same time, it is our only hope. Krishna Kaviraj Goswami describes in uh, his Chaitanya Charitamrita, how Bhattacharya asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which item is the most important in execution of devotional service? And uh, Sri Chaitanya replied that the most important item is the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. And I'm citing this verse again, like I did last time. In this age of quarrel and hypocrisy, the only means of deliverance is the chanting of the holy names of the Lord. There is no other way. There is no other way. There is no other way. That is also confirmed in the second canto of uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, where it says, when Krishna enters the heart through the ear, he captures the lotus of the heart and then gradually makes all the dirt in the heart disappear. Just as when the autumn season comes, all the water everywhere becomes purer. So also when Krishna enters our hearts, all the impurities within will gradually vanish and only Krishna will remain forever. That's such a great promise. Sai. So chanting comes to us uh, often through devotees. We might hear the mantra somewhere, we might read about it. And then in one day we will try it ourselves. We receive the beads and we get some instructions on how to use them. And also here we can see the uh, compassionate nature of Mahamantra. We can try chanting even before we are formally initiated into the spiritual tradition and before we have received the mantra officially from our spiritual teacher. So we are usually chanting with prayer beads that have 108 beads. And um, then there's the one main beat where our chanting always guides us to. So no matter which way we are moving, 
like like also in life in more general uh, no matter which way we are moving we will always up will always end up at the feet of uh, sri krishna and then after we have tried chanting and learned a bit more about gaudiya tradition we received the mantra for, from our spiritual teacher she or he uh, whispers the 16 most beautiful names of God into our ear and hands us prayer beads that she or he uh, has chanted with. So when we chant and follow the beads with our fingers one by one, we are quite, quite concretely walking uh, at the footsteps of our teacher, teacher who is accompanying us uh, and guiding us in, in our chanting. So according to the theologians of um, Gaudiya tradition, there are three phases in uh, three phases or three stages in chanting. So first there's kind of a beginner's stage. Uh, we start chanting and perhaps give it up. We might chant without proper understanding of what we are doing, what is the whole context of chanting and uh, what it really means to develop our personal relationship with sit with the divine through chanting. For example, we might sing a song where part of the mantra is included. So, so we say it like some kind of pop song or rock song, perhaps, but we don't really know what it's all about. But then little by little, we learn more and uh, our chanting becomes more like a conscious choice for us. We try, we fail, we try again, we fail again. We fall short in the relationship to our ideal, but we still stick to it. And uh, we keep our eyes and our heart fixed in the ideal, in loving God with all of our being. And little by little, we progress to the practitioner stage where the name really starts touching our heart and uh, start, starts cleansing it from all the dust and misconceptions about ourselves, the world and God. And then gradually, uh, the compassion of the name starts changing us from within. It cleans the, it cleans the false values and uh, thought patterns that keep us away from God. And finally, our chanting becomes a pure love cry for God. There are no other mixed interests. And uh, our concentration is not adventuring here and there, but it's fully present and we are focusing on the love of our life, whose names we are calling with affection. Uh, Rupa Koswami has written the song Nikila Shruti Mauli Radha or Namastakam. And the second verse of the song goes like this. O Harinam, O name sung by the sages, O transcendental syllables that bring bliss to the people, even if you are spoken only once, and even if you are spoken disrespectfully, you at once remove the many harsh sufferings of everyone. So that's, that's the compassionate nature of the holy name. Uh, regarding the different, different stages of chanting, I would... Um, like to recommend uh, another lecture that was given last week on Tuesday. My god brother and good friend Guru Nista Prabhu is uh, giving uh, classes about the book Harinama Chintamani by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. 
So he, he was going just on, on last Tuesday through different stages of chanting in a, in a, in a like detailed and very interesting way. So I, I warmly recommend that talk if, if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Anyway, so let's, let's look at the Maha Mantra a bit more closely. Hare Krishna Mantra is a, is a 16 word or 32 syllable Vaisnava Mantra, which was originally, which is originally mentioned in the Kali Santarana Upanishad and, and which then um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu really like brought out and uh, extended to the world. So the mantra consists of uh, three words, Krishna, Rama, and Hare. And due to the characteristics of the Sanskrit language, verses and mantras can have multiple meanings, all of which can be considered as correct. So let's look at those names a bit closer. So first, there is the, there is the name Krishna, the all-attractive, the reservoir of all pleasure all opulence and all qualities. The dark monsoon cloud that brings relief and new life to the dry and barren fields of our heart. The one original God who has millions of names and so many different faces. The personal God with whom we can enter into a loving relationship as a friend, as a parent, or as a lover. And then there's the name Ram. And there are different meanings connected with that name as well. So Rama, Rama can refer to Krishna in his other incarnation as Rama of Ramayana, the great king. Or it can be a short form for Radha Ramana, which is another name for Krishna and means the beloved of Radha. Or Rama can refer to Balaram, Krishna's older brother, who also represents the original spiritual teacher, the original guru. So in that way, our teachers can be present in, in Mahamantra as well. And then there's the name Hare. That can be inter interpreted uh, as the vocative form of Hari, another name of God, which can refer to Vishnu, meaning he who removes illusion, or he who removes suffering of uh, all living beings. But for us Gaudias, um, Hari can refer more directly to Krishna, who steals the hearts of the gopis, and who also steals our hearts that are locked behind high walls. We might not be able to open those locks, uh, no matter how much we wanted to do that. So, 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 so often our only hope is that Krishna comes when we are asking, asking him to come and breaks in softly and quietly and takes our heart with him and never gives it up. But then again, Hari can also be a vocative form of Hara, which is the name of Radha. So when we are saying Hare, we can remember her as the one who stole the mind and heart of Krishna. Hare can remind us about Radha's love for Krishna, which is so great that Krishna himself ended up in the middle of existential crisis, like my Guru Maharaj Bhaktivedanta Tripura Swami often says. 
And uh, Krishna wanted to taste and experience the love of Radha that exceeds his own understanding. So, so in, in that way, the, the, um, the mission of Jaitanya Mahaprabhu comes also, um, or is also in, inside, inside of the Hare Krishna mantra. Uh, it is said that uh, by the help of Radha, we can have the service of Krishna. And by the help of Krishna, we can have the service of Radharani. So they both are helping us to find our part in the play. So when we are calling these names, when we are, we are speaking out Mahamantra, we can trust that Radhasya Sundara, they are personally present there with all of their transcendental beauty, qualities, and pastimes. And when we are chanting, we are spending our time with them. So like we see, there are so many different uh, kinds of relationships hidden inside of the Mahamantra. So even if the mantra is the same for all of us, we might be calling different aspects of divine when we are repeating the holy names. And also the center of gravity might change when we grow and learn to understand better our personal unique relationship with God. All right, so now we have talked a little bit about each of the names that are included in the Mahamantra. But what is the meaning of the whole mantra? What is the meaning of all 16 names or 32 syllables combined? So I will next cite some of our spiritual teachers about the meaning of the Mahamantra. And let's start with my dearer spiritual grandfather, Srila Esi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. He emphasized in his talks and writings quite often that Mahamantra is a prayer. And when we are repeating the mantra, we are asking, please engage me in your service. And like we talked uh, about the different nuances of the names included in the mantra, this prayer can be addressed to Krishna, to Radha, to both of them, or to our guru, who is also present there in the mantra. Please engage me in your service. Because only with the serving mood can we approach the holy name. Only with the serving mood uh, are we able to chant the holy name constantly and continuously. Perhaps not yet, but in one, in one day, it is promised that it will happen even to us, us if we want it. Um, Raghunath Das Goswami says that uh, whenever Radha remembered Krishna and felt like being with him, she chanted the Mahamantra, and this made her feel closer to Krishna at the utterance of each syllable of the mantra. So this is another way of approaching our chanting. We can remember Radha, remembering Krishna, and trust that each syllable of the mantra is bringing us a bit closer to Krishna, a bit more committed to our ideal. Srila Paktivinona Thakur, one of the great, great theologians of Gaudiya tradition in the 19th century, connected the chanting of Mahamantra with the growth of faith from Sraddha, tender faith, to Prema, the divine overflowing love. 
So, um, so he basically takes the words of the mantra in pairs and gives each pair a specific meaning. So according to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, the meaning of the first Hare Krishna is that the chanting of the Mahamantra will, with faith, destroys all ignorance. The meaning of the second Hare Krishna is that all Krishna's potencies, potencies are present in the Mahamantra. One should develop attachment to the process of accepting full, full shelter of the Mahamantra in the association of purer devotees. By following this process, all the unwanted things in our heart will be destroyed. Then strong faith will awaken in the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. By the third chanting of Krishna Krishna, please develop this faith in chanting further by taking shelter of the transcendental qualities of the purer devotees. By the fourth chanting of Hare Hare, please cultivate the taste for chanting. This stage marks the manifestation of unmotivated desire to render devotional service to Lord Krishna. By the fifth remembrance of Hare Ram, arises the stage of rendering bhakti with the mood of pure servitude and strong attachment. By the chanting of the sixth Hare Rama, one arouses one's pava, ecstasy or emotion for Lord Krishna. He then develops distaste for this material world and strong attraction to surrender everything to Lord Krishna. The seventh chanting of Ram Ram arouses strong attachment to the sweetest feature of the absolute truth and ultimately the desire to take shelter of the lotus feet of Srimati Radharani in the mood of separation. While chanting the final Hare Hare, the Sadhaka will achieve the ultimate goal, Prayojana, of rendering pure loving devotional service in the pastimes of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan, in one's original spiritual body, in the mood of the Kopis or Kopas, during the eighth periods of the day. So when, when we walk in his footsteps, at the footsteps of Srila Bhaktivedada Thakur, we can climb from the seed of the faith to the full blossoming stage of Bhaktivedada, the creeper of love, uh, within each mantra that we repeat. So even within one single round, we will make this journey 108 times. Uh, there is a saying, um, saying, if we can dream it, we can do it. I guess that, that's often put uh, in Walt Disney's name, even though, even though I guess originally it was someone else, not him, who said it. But anyway, I, I think there's a lot of truth in, in that saying. So, so if we can read Prema, the divine love, each time when we chant in our mind, even theoretically, it, it, it will focus our eyes and enchant our mind towards our ideal which again helps us to grow in saranagati, in surrender to the love of our life. 
before finishing up for today, I would like to take one more example about the meaning of Mahamantra, which was written by Jiva Koswami uh, in his uh, Mahamandartha Dipika. I unfortunately I, I wasn't able to check the original source, so I'm, I'm relying here on the second hand second hand source this time. But um, but so the Srila Jiva Koswami's um, explanation of the mantra goes as follows. So first word Hare. Krishna steals the minds of everyone, yet Radha steals even his mind by her divine expertise. Thus, she is known as Hara. Second word, Krishna. He forcibly attracts Sri Radha with the sweet sound of his flute. Therefore, that Lord of all enchanting qualities is known as Krishna. Hare. It has been heard that during the Rasalila, doe-eyed Radha was stolen away by Krishna to be alone with him in a secret forest bower. She is therefore known as Hara. Krishna. When Krishna sports with Radha, her golden hue takes on the dark complexion of Krishna's skin. He is thus known as Krishna. Krishna. In order to please Sri Radha, Krishna manifested the most wonderful lakes, Yamakund, in Vrindavan. He then called all the holy rivers to fill it. He is thus known as Krishna. Krishna. By her, by her unsurpassed love, Ratha charms he who performs wonderful lilas on the banks of the Yamuna. Therefore, those who are sober know, know him as Krishna. Hare. While in Gokul, Sri Hari Krishna killed the demon known as Aristasura. During that time, Radha cried out to him with great feeling, and by doing so, she stole his mind. She is thus known as Hara. Hare. Filled with aesthetic love, Radha sometimes sings the glories of Hari's exploits quietly, and sometimes she sings them aloud. Those who are expert in the secrets of divine sentiments call her Hara. Hare. Due to the intense love of Sri Radha, Sri Hari becomes so captivated that his flute falls from his hand. With the, with the desire to enjoy in the forest, powers with Krishna, Radha steals his flute. That goddess is thus famous as Hara. Ram. Krishna, who is expert at embracing sports with Radha in the forest groves or in the caves of Govardhana, thus he is known as Ram. Ram. Hare. That most merciful Radha destroys the miseries of her devotees and gives them great happiness every day. Therefore, that goddess is known as Hara. Rama, the minds of the devotees are continuously drowned in an ocean of supreme joy by seeing the beautiful dark form of Krishna. Therefore, he is known by the name Ram. Ram. Radharani is known as Ram because she enjoys loving pastimes with Ajuta Krishna in the secret forest pavilion. Since he is always by her side, he is known as Ram. Ram. When the residents of Kokul were crying due to the fear of the forest fire, Krishna immediately swallowed it and gave his devotees great joy. In this way, he is known as Ram. Hare. Sri Krishna went to Maturapuri in order to destroy the demons. However, due to being captivated by the love of Radha, 
he later returned. Therefore, she is known as Hara. Hare. When the son of Maharaj Nanda returned to Vraj, he took away the suffering of all the Vrajavasis. By his wonderful exploits, he steals the heart of Sri Radha. Thus, he is known as Hari. So, with these few quotes from different teachers and theologians of our tradition, I, I, I wanted, I would like to illustrate that there are so many possibilities to approach the Mahamantra and the inner meaning of the mantra. There are interpretations that are more philosophical, like the one of, like the uh, interpretation by, like one of the interpretations of Paktivinoda Thakur that I cited today. And then there are in insights that are closely connected with Krishna Lila. Like the um, like the cited interpretation by Jiva Goswami, and then there are very practical, low threshold kind of approaches, like the short and um, and beautifully simple explanation that Srila Prabhupada emphasized in his lectures and writings about the service mood that helps us to deepen our commitment and appreciation for the name, like also. Bhakti Raksaksridhar Deva Goswami Maharaj says, it is the serving attitude that can connect our physical world with Vrindavan. So, so there are so many, endlessly many possibilities uh, in Mahamantra, in these few kind of simple names when you look at them at the first sight. First sight. But, but uh, depending whether you are more on the philosophical mood or more, more uh, on the mood of um, diving into the pastimes of of Lord, or, or, or more, more in the need of developing our service attitude. The mantra is always there for us, us uh, uh, in that that regard. So it's already quite late. We run a little bit late in in the start, but anyway, I think now it's a good time to start summarizing a little bit, and then we we will. Have have time for some discussion. So, so today we focused on uh, Mahamantra, the great mantra, the Hare Krishna mantra, that we are chanting under the protection of Sri Sri Gauranitai, their closest associates and our spiritual teachers. Uh, we talk, talked about the sacred names that are so much more than just tools to focus our mind. For us, Hare Krishna Mantra consists of the names of our beloved that we are calling with great affection. And uh, for us, chanting is about building little by little a deep personal relationship with the divine and learning to love unconditionally. And we also talked about the three names of the mantra, Hare, Krishna and Rama. So even if the mantra is same for all of us, we might be calling different aspects of uh, divine when we are repeating the holy names. And also the center of gravity might change when we grow and learn to understand better our personal relationship with God. So, so we might be then more connected with, um, with like other part of the mantra that we used to be before. And then at the end, we talked about the meaning of the mantra which um, uh, Srila Prabhupada connected with the mood to serve. And uh, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur saw the growth of faith from tender faith 
to the divine overflowing love hidden inside each one of its mantras. And lastly, I read some insights by Jiva Goswami that are closely connected with the pastimes of Sri Krishna and Radha. Okay, I think we can stop now here for today. But like I promised, we will have some time for discussion. So I would love to hear your thoughts and experiences about chanting the Mahamantra. For example, what kind of things have you found in the mantra or, or you have read about mantra that, that have touched your heart and left kind of a, like some kind of mark in your memory? Uh, that kind of things that increase your commitment to your ideal. Or if there are some practical thing, tips that you would like to share with other devotees, it would be wonderful to hear about that. And of course, if there are some questions or comments that are related to this talk, I'm happy to hear them. And uh, if you are listening the English audio, please make sure that you are on the English channel. There's the this like globe sign um, on the panel where you can check that. So, so then we will all, all be able to hear each other. And actually now I noticed that there is one comment here on the chat section. Guru Lista is writing here, but without the eight Astasakis. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. I, I, I think you have perhaps written this when we were talking about the like similarities and differences about the uh, chapamalas or prayer beads of, uh, of uh, different traditions. And um, I have to admit that I kind of um, um, purposefully uh, concentrated on those things that kind of uh, we, we, we all see and that, but that, that's really a nice point. And actually I would like to ask Guru Nista, would you like to see some words about, about this point that you made, made on the chat? Haribo. <laughs> no, it's yeah. It was just because you said that the Russian Orthodox have a hundred beats in their mala. And so I said, you know, they're missing the basically the Madura Ras component. So that was the joke. All but right. anyway, oh. I wanted to appreciate your class also. Yeah, that one one point that really struck me, a very nice point, was when you said that that uh, Mahaprabhu is kind of presiding over our chanting when things are going well, and then when it gets hard, then Nityananda takes over. Uh, that was a very, very fine point. I've never heard before, but it was really nice. And then one more thing you asked about like tips and stuff. One thing that I've really noticed is how much like eating affects the mind. So like when thinking, my mind starts uh, wandering, I, um, and amazing how that that like physical activity brings the mind back to the the mantra so that's one simple practical tip that i could say but that's it thank you very much for the class it's excellent hey thank you thank you kurunista so much and uh thank you also sharing sharing the the tip the practical tip i i personally appreciate those a lot there was some um, delay or some kind of the audio broke a little bit when, when you mentioned the tip. So I'm not sure if I kind of caught all of it. But um, I, um, what I, I got through was that the physical exercise is also helping to concentrate. So, so thank you.
No, I was actually saying that the breathing when you chant, like like what I do is if my mind starts wandering, and when I ca- when I catch myself, then I like stop chanting and take like one or two deep breaths, and that brings my mind like back to the mantra. So it was just that that simple hey. thing. Hey, thank you, thank you. I think it was the breathing part that kind of um, uh, was uh, broken up. So <laughs> so thank you. Good, thanks. Yeah, bad internet. Sorry about that. All right. Is there some other comments or questions or or something that you would like to share with the rest of us in the mood that um, we are sharing and uh, and kind of supporting each other's practice as well? All right, I guess there are no more comments for today. So thank you all for being here and thank you for the comments. Uh, I hope to continue our discussion then, um, uh, our discussion about chanting as the prayer of the heart on next Monday, the 21st of March. And the theme of the next talk uh, will be the initiation into chanting. So we will talk about the importance of uh, spiritual guidance and spiritual family in relation to chanting. And um, we will also meet some inspiring role models for chanting from Gaudiya tradition. So I hope to see all of you there. I offer my gratitude and my wish to learn to love the sacred names of divine at the feet of my spiritual teachers and at the feet of the Vaishnavas, who are like wish-fulfilling trees, full of guidance and compassion for all living beings. Sri Gaudiya Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki chai, Goura Nityananda ki chai, Harinama Mahamantra ki chai, Goura Pakta Vrinda ki chai, Gaura Premanande, Hari, Hari Bol. Srimati Hari Priya Devi Dasiki. Sadhu Sangaki, Jai, Hari Bol. Hari Bol.